Welcome to Change Catalysts at the Growing Edge with your host, Carol McClelland-Fields. Within each show, Carol and her guests explore topics that give coaches, healers, and other change catalysts new concepts, tools, and insights that open up opportunities to flourish personally, professionally, and financially. And now, your host, Carol McClelland Fields. Welcome. I'm Carol McClellan Fields, your host. Every client you work with is in the process of making one or more changes in their personal and professional lives. They may be navigating a significant time of transition, things that are happening to them, or they may be choosing to create something new, some new opportunity for themselves. Change has the potential to completely transform our clients' lives. And as a change catalyst, you have the opportunity to support them in making the most of this time of change for them. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing my own story of transition and also introducing you to the seasons of change. My story (laughs) goes way back, actually, to when I was in graduate school. These experiences I had in the late 80s are actually the roots of the seasons of change. The model itself really came into form in the early 90s. There have been some transitions with it over time, and I'll explain those. And then more recently, in the last year, I've completely reworked and deepened and strengthened the model based on the changes we're seeing in our world right now. So let me give you the background just so you have a sense of how it came to be, and then we'll talk about the model itself. I actually started studying change and transition during my graduate student days, and it was sparked by my father giving me a copy of William Bridges' book, Transitions, Making Sense of Life Changes. I had just broken up with someone, and even though I chose to do that, I was still struggling with the loss and the grief. The notions in that book really helped me understand what I was feeling and gave me some ideas on how to move forward. It gave me hope. And then a year later, that particular book became my own lifeline when my father was diagnosed with lymphoma. And during his illness, I was in my last year at graduate school teaching and working on my dissertation, and it was a struggle. As I was graduating with my PhD is when the illness really started to take its toll on my father and my family. After graduation, i found a job, I moved cross country, I got my first apartment on my own, I purchased my first car, and I started that job all within about a three-week period of time. And I was getting used to being in the corporate world, I was learning my job, and then four months later, after a series of difficult medical moments, my father did die. That experience, I was 26 at the time, really did shake me to my core, And as someone who had never been all that comfortable with change, that experience, that transition took me way beyond my skill level. I really had no idea how to express what I was feeling, how to process my emotions, how to move forward. I was just completely lost and carrying a lot of grief that I had no way to process. 
One day, a few months after he passed away, I was sitting at a stoplight in my town and I noticed that trees that had been bare when he died in December were blossoming. And I remembered saying to myself, I hope I blossom again someday too. And that was really my first conscious connection between my own inner emotional journey and what was happening in the natural world. From there, I started to pay more and more attention to nature and how it changed with the seasons. I began to notice that nature had small incremental ways of responding to the change of seasons. It wasn't a big jolt all of a sudden, but more of an incremental process to move from summer into fall or fall into winter or winter into spring or spring into summer. It happened gradually, and I so wanted to learn how to do that after experiencing this big shock in my own world. Over the next five years, my family and I weathered a series of distressing, difficult transitions. I became burned out and ended up having a chronic fatigue issue. I had to find a new form of work because the corporate world was not serving me and my body. My mom was diagnosed with several issues, including breast cancer. We experienced a major earthquake in my area, and I experienced the deaths of several of my grandparents. Boom, 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 all of a sudden. So all of that time, those five years of just one loss after another, I was, as a psychologist, I was faithfully tracking my own responses and noticing what was happening to me. And I also expanded my focus to include the transitions that my colleagues were experiencing in the corporation where I worked. I worked in human resource research, and so I was privy to some of the big strategic restructuring and talking to people who had been relocated just about every year or every 14 months for years and years and years. And I just started paying attention to how our culture supports or really doesn't at all support people who are in the midst of major life transitions. The culture we're in really wants us to just get over it, get back to work, stay in action. There was no compassion, no understanding that relocating somebody every 12 to 14 months had any impact on them and their families and their finances. And it was just crazy making to me. And all of that get over it, get back to work, stay in action, that whole perspective was not at all comforting to me. I had read William Bridges' Transitions, and I knew that that in-between time, that time of going within, was so important. And that was where the healing really happened so that the person who was going through a transition could heal and come to the other side of their transition more whole than when they went into it. So the whole cultural way of dealing with this irked me. It was not something I could buy into. So in 1991, five years after my father died, I left the corporate world to start my own business, supporting people who are navigating significant transitions. And this was actually several years before the coaching profession was a known opportunity. So I started by offering workshops and then gradually I started working with individuals in transition. 
I did career change workshops and I also did transition workshops. One of my friends happened to attend one of my transition workshops. And after the workshop, she noticed how the other participants really grabbed onto my metaphors and my wisdom from nature. And she thought that there was something in this. The participants couldn't really grasp the concepts of different change models, but they couldn't intuitively connect with the seasonal insights. At her urging, I sat down one weekend and sketched out the basics of the seasons of change model that I'll introduce you to in a few minutes. Sure, it's evolved as I've spoken about it and worked with it, but really I put down everything I had experienced onto that model and it worked. It helped me, it helps my clients, it really gave us a structure to follow when we were going through these major transitions. I ended up writing a book called The Seasons of Change, Using Nature's Wisdom to Grow Through Life's Inevitable Ups and Downs. I've given hundreds of talks on the topic and I've been training coaches and other change catalysts to incorporate the seasons of change into their work with their clients since 2004. When my mom died in 2008, I essentially trusted that the seasons of change would come back, would return when the time was right. We've actually continued training. The hiatus was only three years. One of my coaches who I trained ended up asking me if she could continue the training because she knew it was such important work. Karen Marcus has been training actively since 2011 on a couple of the programs that I teach. In the last couple of years, I could feel it returning. Now, I feel that our world is calling us to pay attention to change in a different way. Things are shifting from how they were in the 80s and 90s, and it's time to take a fresh new look at how we can support our clients in navigating change and how we can navigate the changes that we're experiencing as well. The seasons of change has continued to be at the core of all the work I do, my business consulting work as well as my training all ties back to the work that I've done within the Seasons of Change model. So let's dive in and I want to give you some background and then really introduce you to the model itself. I will give you a heads up in a few minutes. I'm going to talk about the model and it might be helpful for you to be able to see that diagram as I walk you through the journey. If you're near a computer, you can go to my website flourishasachangecatalyst.com forward slash radio to look at this diagram. And if you can't see the diagram while I'm talking, you'll still be fine, but you might wanna check that out later. And I'll share that link again at the end of the show. I've been an observer of nature my entire life. My mom was a biologist, so it was just a normal part of life to go and explore what was happening in the natural world, in our garden, on hikes, camping trips, all of that. And one of the things that just fascinated me as a kid was watching ranger talks at national parks talking about the seasonal changes and how the animals and plants responded to those changes. 
I didn't know it at the time, but I was definitely in training, even at that point as a small child. But then in graduate school, I was in Indiana at Purdue University. I did not own a car, so I literally walked everywhere. And my main extracurricular activity or hobby was watching the seasons change. As I walked to and from the building where I taught and where I studied, I just watched for signs of the next season. So I watched from summer to fall, fall to winter, winter to spring, and spring to summer. That winter to spring thing really threw me because in California, spring happens like in February. And in Indiana, it happens more like May. I had quite a long wait to figure out how does winter transition to spring in that climate. The four years I was there really prepared me with a deep understanding of the changes that happen and the animals and the plants and the weather and all of the pieces of that puzzle. I had no idea at that time that that would become my own lifeline. It was just something I did to entertain myself. Now I know that the rich metaphors and cycles hold so much wisdom about this natural, incremental way to move through life changes. And when we can see change as a naturally occurring truth, we have a much better chance of moving through our own transitions as a natural part of life. We don't have to fight them. We don't have to ignore them. In fact, if we can choose to change, we're much better off. One of the values of working with nature is that there's this amazing array of metaphors that give us insights about all the different parts of going through a transition. I already mentioned one that was a turning point for me, which was seeing a tree in full blossom after a long winter. But there are many, many more metaphors that come into this work. And I'm going to be talking about those metaphors in more depth in part three of this series called The Nature of Change. So watch for that. Now, let's look at the seasons of change itself, this model. In the diagram I mentioned at flourishasachangecatalyst.com forward slash radio, you will see a map. It's a spiral. It kind of looks vaguely like a number six. It doesn't quite connect, but it's got that shape of the swirl. And in that map, each season represents a different phase of that journey of transition. The map is actually a metaphor. So the season that your client is in may or may not actually map to the seasons outside, but they do follow, under best practices, they do follow the same order as the seasons. By understanding the phases of the journey, you and your client will become clearer about the goals of each season and the milestones of each phase that they're in and some of the common detours that they may face. So in the middle of that diagram is summer. And summer is a time when you're celebrating, but you also begin to see that things are beginning to shift. It shows the end of one cycle and the beginning of the next cycle. It's sometimes hard for people to acknowledge that change is beginning to happen already. And this is where denial and avoidance sort of pop in. But then 
people will begin to acknowledge that change really is happening and it's time for them to prepare. And this is fall. Fall is all about taking stock, seeing the truth that change is happening, and preparing yourself for what's to come. In winter, there's a sequence of self-care and restoration, rejuvenation. Going through transition is rough. We get very tired and worn out. And so it's important after a big shift to take time to reconnect with yourself, to gain new insights about who you are and what it is you're wanting. And then you begin to have that aha moment where you begin to see a new future. And that is really the deepest turning point. That's where the healing happens. When you've completed that process, you step into spring and spring is taking action. It's stepping into new roles, new responsibilities. There's some vulnerability to that time and some tenderness, but with the right support and the right resources, you can flourish. You start maturing into this new world that you've created for yourself. And as time goes on, you begin to celebrate this new path that you've created, that you've matured into. And at that point, you continue to the next phase again, noticing that something's shifting. So it's ongoing. Each transition a person is in can be tracked using this model. You can be in different places at the same time. You could be in the depths of a career change while you're falling in love. The depths of the career change would be winter. Following in love would be spring. So you can be in different places, but usually it's easiest to track one change at a time with a client so that they can see where they are and what the next steps are for that transition and then look at their other transition. Each seasonal arc, each season is built of three different phases. There's acknowledging that they have stepped into that new season. There's some sort of a pivot or an insight that allows them to see something new, to take new action. And then there's maturing into that season and really reaping the benefits of whatever that healing process is. When you understand these four seasonal arcs, you'll be able to know, see, sense which season your client is in based on their behaviors, their comments, their struggles, and their stories. And it's a profound experience to be able to listen to someone and really hear where they are and what support they need. So I want to talk about how to use this model and the various ways that this model can help you help your client. One of the key things is that each client you work with is gonna be on a different part of the map and they're going to have different needs. So somebody who is in fall or winter is gonna need a very different kind of support than a client who's in spring or summer. You may find that you resonate more with a client in a certain phase of their journey. I myself typically work with clients who are from late fall up through just before they step into spring. My personal sweet spot with my coaching, but a lot of times people really love to work with clients who are doing something new and stepping out into new territory or stepping into new levels of success. 
Understanding the model can help you understand your own focus within your business. Accompanying them on their journey will allow you to help them see where they are, where they've been, and where they're going. And this allows them to see their next steps in more detail than they usually can because typically anytime we're in transition, our first mode is we're confused. (laughs) We don't know what to do next. And so with this map, there is some knowledge, there is some wisdom that they can tap into to understand what they need, the skills they need, the needs they have on the journey, and and how to move forward. When you can help a client get their feet under them again and help them see that there is some meaning to this crazy transition that they're in, then they will value your work together. It's likely you will be the only person in their world that truly understands what they're going through. There's so much power and insight that you can support your client with. It's very, very rewarding work. Now, I want to get a little bit more specific about how this model gives you a framework. And I'm just going to touch on a few examples of of what it provides you. And then I'm going to talk about some opportunities for you to learn more about the seasons of change. I find that one of the best things about this model is that when you know what season your client is in, you know an array of topics they're going to be working with. You can see what their focus needs to be and what they're going to be hungry for. This isn't to say you're going to dictate that. You're just going to have some advanced clues because when you know the cycle that they're going to go through, then you can see the needs that they have. You can see the skill building opportunities. How can you support them in building and gaining new skills around self-care or connecting with their values or stepping into some new level of their life that they've never seen before? How can you help them build up those skills that they need to navigate as smoothly as possible? You can also see the kinds of topics that they are struggling with or the kinds of topics that they're bringing you questions about. You can sometimes find nature metaphors that will help bring them new insights based on nature's wisdom that give them this visual and this rich theme that they can tap into whenever they're kind of on the edge and kind of backsliding or getting off track. They can go, oh yeah, I need to think like a seedling growing. What is it that I need again? Oh yeah, I need to be protected. I need water. I need light. I need nurturing. And this just gives them a way to keep tabs on where they are and what wisdom can support them in that. Another huge benefit of having this map is that together you can see what their next steps are going to be. You can see where they can set goals and where they can set their intentions in between sessions. And you can provide them with some very focused, very topic relevant experiential activities that help them continue to grow during the process with you. And you can tap into, okay, this is where I think the client is. You can explore with the client to confirm that. So it's always a collaborative exploration of where they are in their journey. And then you have these prompts and these ideas to help you deepen that conversation with your client as they 
desire and as they need. I teach the Seasons of Change course a couple times a year. And in the course, everything that I've just mentioned in the space of, what, five or ten minutes, we actually spend five weeks talking about it. So there's a lot of richness and a lot of depth as you learn about the early part of the season, the seasonal arc or the midpoint, and then the late part of each season. And this becomes this rich resource that you can tap into with all of your clients, whether it's specifically talking about the seasons of change or whether you choose to use it just for your own grounding and your own guide without really bringing up the seasons to your client. Both ways can work. Some resources to consider as you go to flourishasachangecatalyst.com forward slash radio. I will have a link there to my book, The Seasons of Change. The other resource that will be there will be a picture of the Seasons of Change map. I will also have a link to the training page so you can check out whether there is a new course coming around the corner. I will also link up the other two parts, uh, the Nature of Change series on this podcast so that you can listen to all three parts because each part has another element to it. In the third of the episodes, we're going to be digging in a little bit more into the metaphors, detours that people often will run into, and the value of having a map. Having this map of the seasons of change really provides this visual that is so powerful for the clients you work with. So I hope that this introduction to the seasons of change gives you a glimpse into the depth and the power of this way of working with your clients to help them actually tap into nature's wisdom to move through life's inevitable ups and downs. To explore all the resources that I talked about, be sure to visit flourishasachangecatalyst.com forward slash radio. And on this page, you'll also find links to all the other previous episodes of Change Catalyst at the Growing Edge. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for more ways you can flourish as a Change Catalyst at the Growing Edge. You've been listening to Change Catalysts at the Growing Edge on InspiredNewsRadio.com with Carol McClelland Fields. Tune in regularly to hear more ways you can flourish as a Change Catalyst.